This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Tries to play it forward, Hayward puts it up in the air, comes down, charge for 3-2, and it is 3-2! Perez scores again! And then it's on to Raheem Sterling, who's in behind the defence, he takes on oh. the defender, completes his hat-trick, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Infield, four additional minutes, we're into the first of them, Hazard into the corner! What a goal from Eden Hazard! But here come Leicester, and Vardy's away, he's gone through the middle, goalkeeper stays at home for the moment, Vardy scores! Knockout comes in field for Brighton, tries to drive, what a goal! Anthony Knockout pulls one right out of the top draw to give the Seagulls the lead again. Mane chases forward at the other end, Heaton tries to bring him down, Mane goes round him and Mane has sealed it! It's the Premier League preview show for week 31 of the 18-19 season and for the FA Cup quarter-finals. It's celebration time for English clubs in Europe with all four through to the last eight of the Champions League. But it's the domestic trophy chase for three of those sides this weekend. Liverpool can go back top in their match with doomed Fulham, while Manchester City and Manchester United have FA Cup quarter-final ties. Tottenham, well, they're all down on Margate Beach in kiss-me hats and slurping ice cream without a game for the next three weeks. Good old winter break. There's plenty of other action for us to talk about as well. We will get into all the big games. I'm Tom Rennie, and this, of course, is the Premier League preview show with the FA Cup as well. Right, let's say hello to our panel, starting with a man back from Cheltenham with the TalkSport team, looking 110% raring to go for the FA Cup weekend. It is TalkSport's football editor, David Walker. Have you had an egg sandwich? Alka-Seltzer, how you feeling, mate? I haven't had any of those things, but I don't need them. I'm all good. You're OK. How a, was Cheltenham, I, mate? I had a great day at Cheltenham. Uh, didn't have many winners, but that's not the point. It's the fun, it's the taking part that counts. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Spoken like a true Watford fan. Great to have David Walker with us on the programme. Uh, completing our panel today, two former footballers. One is sitting directly opposite me now. Uh, he's the former Manchester United and England man, Paul Parker. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you very much. You've been watching Cheltenham, taking Dave's tips? Not at all. I'm not a horse racing person. But no, I'm... I don't really understand it. I lose too much money. It's yeah, confusing. I, I don't get it, but I think 
Dave was more about the horse racing. Just his everything, demeanor, everything suggests it was more about other stuff than horse racing. Yeah, he's a the party social man. side. Yes. yes, I didn't want to say that because <laughs> people might add things on like a lager top, a kind of gin and tonic, <laughs> and things like that. So the fillies, yeah, and things. Yeah. Uh, oh yes, forgot about them as well. Don't forget, of course, it was we're Ladies Day yesterday. Horses. It was. was it really? Did yeah. you have a nice hat? <laughs> I didn't have a fascinator. That's no. a shame. Um, but always fascinating to have our oh, other guest what here. A segue. Thanks, man. Uh, it's the former Watford Fire Nord West Ham Republic of Ireland striker. Sorry, David Connolly. You're right, mate. I'm very good. You? I am doing very, very well. I'm not hungover. So that's good, isn't it? Always be professional on the show. That's what I always say. Right. Let's get to the football uh, coming up this weekend. It's a weird weekend uh, for us because there's uh, four FA Cup quarterfinals, three of which we're broadcasting internationally, four of them in the UK, and a whole bunch of Premier League games you want to get to as well. So we're going to try and cover it in as much detail as we possibly can. Uh, let's start with Liverpool. They go to Fulham on Sunday, 2.15 UK time in the Premier League. A um, couple of stats for the game. Uh, Fulham have lost nine of their last ten Premier League matches, including their last six in a row. They've not lost more consecutively in the top flight since a run of 11 back in 1962. Uh, Liverpool's last three Premier League away games have all finished level, with two of those finishing nil-nil. They last drew four in a row on the road in the league back in 1996. Um, a strange, anomalous stat. Let's talk about Mo Salah. Uh, not scoring goals frequently at the moment, but to my eye, I know Dave, you saw him quite recently as well in the flesh. To my eye, I think he's playing as well as he ever has, and and that little chip into Sadio Mane for the the winning goal in the end at at Bayern, incredible pass. Yeah, it's a fantastic bit of skill, fantastic bit of technique, and I think I, I was talking to people yesterday about this actually when we were watching the game, and some people just very easily falling into the trap at the moment of saying, "Ah, oh, Salary's what you know, he's not what he used to be, he's not what he was last season. Last season was, you know, a bit of an outlier, but." Last season, he was exceptionally good last season, scored an unbelievable amount of goals. But, you know, he was probably always going to slightly regress this season in terms of numbers. But generally, in terms of his performances, they've, they've by and large been very good. He's had the odd game, like the Merseyside derby, where he missed chances that you'd have expected him to score. But he's still a brilliant player. He's still right up there in terms of the goals that he scored, the goals he's created. And he's still a very dangerous player. He's still a player that Liverpool will look to in the big matches, like last night against Bayern, like in, against Napoli earlier on in the Champions League in the season. When they need something, he's still a player that can deliver. He's got 20 goals. Yeah. And he's still got 20 goals with how many games left? Nine? He's it? lost it. Yeah, so he's not doing too shabby. But you would have to say, without maybe those goals, they needed to have been tighter at the back. You know, because they are down on their on a little mm. bit on their goal scoring. Obviously, Marnie stepped up. You know, but certainly with Van Dijk and and the likes of Allison, they basically cut their goals against in half. Mm. They're 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 running at half the rate they were last season, and which is gives you a massive and they've spread well. them around. Yeah, yeah. So that makes a difference. Teams that win leagues yeah. do not rely on one striker. But it just shows you, even though they're conceding, I think it's half a goal a game, right? So you average that out. You know, they're basically cut what they conceded last season. You know, if they didn't then, for example, have the goals that they got this season, they would no way be competing for the for the title. And that's where, to me, Van Dijk has got to be up there for like player of the year, football of the year. It's got to be. Can I ask you a question um, from a forwards <clears throat> perspective? Because Mo Salah last season, of course, was the go-to man. I'm sorry, Paul, I know, but did you ever score a goal? Anyway, um, listen, I've got to ask you about... Um, he's a player that was the kind of go-to guy. He was scoring all the goals and all that sort of stuff. Now, we mentioned we think he's still playing very well. But at the moment, he isn't the guy on the end of things. Sadio Mane is. What's it like, from a player's perspective, to go from 
the lead player, the star, the blockbuster star to the supporting cast. And is yeah. that a tough thing for him I in mean, a way? He's not, he's not the only one, right? You've got to remember, Bobby Firmino was the nine. Then he started playing him deeper as a ten with Salah as the nine. So I think he's had to adapt this season, Jurgen Klopp. And you've got to take it out to him because he's always found a way. Now, they maybe haven't been as free-flowing as they were last season, but they've always <laughs> found a way. And I think, say, say for Salah, he's always got that exceptional quality on his left foot. But he's so left foot dominant, is he? He saw with the ball last night, you know, that left foot outside of the boot, which was fantastic. You could say against against Everton, as David said there, could have taken his chance. Would Messi have finished a strike like that? Because I guess you're comparing him to, what, the very, very best now, aren't you? That's what you're saying. You know, is, is he as good as those, your Ronaldo's and your your Messi's? He's, he's got to be up there, but maybe he's not not quite at that level, but he's, he's maybe tailed off a tiny bit this season, but he's still a top, top player. Yeah. Uh, listen, we've got to talk about Fulham a little bit, Paul. I know you've watched them a lot this season. Um, I thought they were quite good, actually, in the game at Anfield uh, between these two. I think Ryan Sessegnon went close early on, probably should have scored in that game. Uh, Scott Parker's come in. Has he changed much uh, since replacing Ranieri? Well, I was, at, I was at Leicester where I saw Dave pre-Cheltenham. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah looking very Bang well then. he was then. a full person. Yeah, yeah. yeah when and the, not the, yeah. the shell and husk we see before was, us today. I was in worse nick there than I am <laughs> now. <laughs> I'll Let's tell get you, that out of the way, okay, come on. Well, you, well, your stature looked very well, by the way, anyway, Dave. So I, I saw him there and I, I was... And a lot of people, Fulham people, say to me it was good against Chelsea. My argument with that, because I'm a sceptic, but the bonus was you had a new manager. That, that changes things at, um, the game after. First game with a new manager, and you played against Chelsea, which is always a big game for Fulham. Very rarely win them, but it's always a big game. The fans are up for it. The fans were buzzing. Their Ranieri was gone. Everything was good. A game maybe if they'd have scored a second, everyone would have said they deserved it. Fulham for their second half performance. So you get to less, and you think, okay, let's see what happens now. And to be honest, I saw what I expected. I saw a team with a still a soft, a soft middle, a team with. No aspirations in scoring, trying to score a goal in the first half. Mitrovic now is showing, showing now that he's getting frustrated. You could see it. He's getting very frustrated. I think he held himself very well because I thought he could have lost it a few times. And then you see a second half, then you see a goal conceded by having a person who's not a very good defender playing in a defensive midfield role, gets caught in possession, bang, Vardy does what Vardy sets up, I think, the young... Um, Lad from Monaco on loan. Tielman. Yeah, yeah. sets him up. And then you think, right, okay, They bounce back, fortunately. But still, I mean, I I said to David when we were sitting downstairs, very disappointed with Ryan Sessegnon. He got got hooked at half-time again, didn't he? Not for the first time this season. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Really disappointed with what's, what's happening with him. He's showing nothing at all. He's showing physical weakness. I think he's showing mental weakness. We spoke about that downstairs, didn't we, yeah. in terms of everything's always gone right for Ryan Sessegnon. He's always played, you know, younger age groups coming through the next, you know, bright young thing. Never been on the sideline, probably never been taken off. Now walking around with his head down, looking at the floor, you know, and I guess that's what that's what it does to the Premier League. It's, it's, it's ruthless. And I think Scott, you know, he's, he's got to be ruthless as well, hasn't he? Scott Parker, he can't afford to carry any passengers. And they've done that too often this season, carried far too many passengers. Well, he's kind of changed it a bit because Kevin McDonald started midfield, Kearney started. So I thought to myself, at least he's given the players who done the, 
done all the work last season. It's given them a chance, which I felt they deserved the chance at the start of the season. And I, I just wonder if Jukanovic was told to go and do all that buying and then had to play him, and it caused so many problems. And but even then, you they still couldn't pass. They still couldn't get going what they wanted to get going. They still couldn't play in that style that they what the club or what the fans have been used to. Yeah. Because more than anything, they're in a league where you have to earn the right. Uh, right. Next up, we're talking FA Cup. Some brilliant ties in the quarterfinals. We're going to start with Watford against Crystal Palace. Grudge match. Let's talk about the FA Cup quarterfinals. Some brilliant ones this time around. Watford against Crystal Palace is the first one we're going to discuss. 12.15 UK time. This one gets underway. Um, David Collin, I want to come to you first on this because last weekend, last Saturday, I was doing the commentary of Man City against Watford. Now, I've loved doing Watford games this season. They've had some brilliant games of football. They've got some fantastic players and I love watching them. They're in the battle for seventh and all that sort of stuff. But, of course, the FA Cup game's on the horizon. They make seven changes for the game against Man City, including Dean, who's in brilliant form right now, goes to the bench. Delefeu drops down to the bench. Craig Cathcart's, I think, been the best centre-half this season. Doesn't play as well. A few others, too. Um, they're losing the game. Of course, they lose the first goal through some diabolical refereeing from accountant-come-referee Paul Tierney. Um, and then at 3-0 down, they bring on Delefeu and Dini. Now, I just want to ask you about resting players, because we're all going to have different opinions about seven changes. The Cup's coming up, and that's fine. You know, that's Grazia's decision. But if you've made the decision to rest your players, why at 3-0 down do you bring them on for half hour? I didn't get that. Yeah, I know I know what you mean. I mean, because obviously as soon as they come on, you showed their quality. I mean, what a flick round the corner. Super terrific touch and finish from Delefeu. has been fantastic. But I guess, look, they could get that seventh spot, right? couldn't they feasibly mm-hmm. uh, did he meet, need to make so many changes seven I think it was unless he's thinking you know what our record against those top six is so bad you know we might as well just take this on the chin this is a defeat we're not going to get anything from this from this game I protect my players and then we move on I got a feeling it was a it's week before that. though it was a full week it wasn't uh, like they were playing on <clears throat> Tuesday night no I understand but you know, he hasn't got too many things wrong this season, has he, Avi, Avi Grazia? So. A lot of those players that you brought in have played a reasonable amount of football this season have, and have done quite well themselves when they've played. So it's not like he just completely pulled in all the reserves who, you know, who never get games. He's changed his team in the cup competitions all the way through and by the fact, by the virtue of us being in a quarter-final, it's worked. So, and it's a huge game. The, the, the quarter-final against Crystal Palace is, is a massive game for Watford because teams like Watford, like Crystal Palace, like Wolves, like Brighton, they're sensing an opportunity not just to get to the semi-final but to get to a final here and, and of course it's the bigger match in a way against Manchester City if you played the first 11 or the second 11 whichever combination they're likely going to lose mm. so what about know, momentum, prioritise though? what about momentum when you go up against a Man City and you've got your best team out there your best players and you go out there and you give them a game been playing great as well Walter, yeah, in yeah, recent weeks been doing well and all of a sudden you, you get beat 1-0 and you think to yourself, should have had something, and then you've got that momentum of a good performance going into a cup game. How does that make you feel as a player? I'll tell you what, it makes you feel great. Your fans are on a high. We've done this at City. We deserve well, that. But on a Palace high. done that, didn't they? Palace done that and beat City, but I don't know if it did and that. Um, I don't know. I, I, mean, I think I, I think they, they. I think he's called it right yeah. in terms of... Well, remember I, last season, they lost, I think, six in a row, didn't they, towards the end out of their last nine. They lost six in a row. I mean, their form was in free form. I don't know whether he's trying to think, right, we don't want to repeat of that. I'm, gonna, I'm maybe going to have to manage my squad here a little bit. And I think you just write, most teams to me are writing City off whenever they played him, certainly in the Premier I just League. find that strange as a as a ex-player that you, you're sending a team out and you're virtually telling all those players, well, we're not going to win, just go out there and do your best. 
How's that, how's that supposed to make you feel? Britos, in from the cold. You're playing this week. Yeah, uh, success, you're in, mate. Yeah, next week, yeah, no chance. We'll play today. I just I, don't I, get I, that. I, I yeah, find, that, I find that's that not mental. what he's saying, though, is it? He's not, he's not saying to those players. Of course he is. Are he they going to play? Is success going to play this when weekend? You're leaving your best two play, play? When you're leaving your best or two of what deemed the best players on the sub bench, you're virtually telling those players, well, just go and do a job, but no. Nah. No way well, Dinafane doesn't how, play. No way Dean that, doesn't play. That's how players, that's how players look. It's like sometimes when you, you set up a training session and all of a sudden you, know, you put that and put that on. Straight right. away the player will turn and say, oh, I'm just a cone. That's last week, uh, my cones. I like that very much, mm. the cone group. Um, what about the, the game itself? Um, who plays? Who doesn't? Does Gray play? Does Deany play? Of course, Dinafane comes back. What is the strongest Watford team to take on a Crystal Palace side who are actually very good on the road as compared to Selhurst Park? You'd expect Dini, obviously, to come back in. Delefeo probably to be in behind him as that the second striker. Uh, you'd have Capu, Decore, Pereira, probably Will Hughes, back four of Cathcart, Cabasele, uh Holly Bassett left back, and yet right back, I don't know about the fitness of Firmenia, but Jan Matt. Can we bring Foster in a Watford support, please? I want some more knowledgeable than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, going through that side there, that is a very strong starting eleven, And it that is. centre midfield as well, Decore and Kapoor both played last week. Yeah. Undroppable pairing. Very strong. And the other thing I forgot to say is that, obviously, they could qualify for Europe, Watford. First time in a... Yeah. Since is it 83? Know, something like that. Something so like there's, that. A, there's a lot at stake here. And, and they're close. They're really close. I think, they obviously, they could beat Palace here. I really do. Offence. I mean, I'm become a little bit of a fan of Palace. <clears throat> I, lo- I enjoy watching them at home. I'm like every Palace what, fan. Because they keep losing? Well, no, but you get di- you're disappointed because but they never score. Because they don't brilliant. score. They, they do everything but score goals. It's mad, isn't it? It's, it's crazy. Mad. They, they, they dominate games. They, make up, they can't score. But they go away from home and they win. And you say to yourself... Cool. If you could get fifty percent of this at home, you'd be fighting for seventh spot. Mm. You'd be, co- and they should be Palace, in my opinion, with what they've got. Be compete competing with Watford for that seventh spot. How strange is that? Not for Champions League for seventh spot. Mm. That's how mad the league is. So they should be there. Roy Hodgson knows about. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Well, with what them is home. wrong? I mean, I need you guys to explain this to me because away from home, I mean, we covered the Leicester game quite recently. Away from home, they were fantastic on the break. They look incisive. They're scoring goals. Batshuayi's made a difference going forwards. Zaha's playing well. Townsend's playing well. Against West Ham at home, they create chances but don't take them. Against Brighton at home, they get beaten and can only score a penalty because they get penalties every seven minutes apparently at Selhurst Park. I mean. When teams sit deep against Crystal Palace, they can't break them down. What are they doing wrong? The talent is there. I think they're unlucky against against Brighton because arguably Knockhart could have been sent off, right? And then he goes mm. and scores the winner. So you've got to feel a little bit bit of sympathy for Roy there. And they, you've got to remember, they lost to a stunning goal. It was an yeah. absolutely incredible finish. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's hard to pin down. Townsend's had a terrific season, but Zaha hasn't. I think if they had a number nine from the very start, I think they would have had a, a far more successful They're slow season. starters, haven't they? They've they always are. started slow They're, in the last yeah. few seasons and yeah. had someone had to come in and get it sorted. Absolutely. And I think if, look, if he could get a number nine, a regular goal scorer for them, which they've tried for years and years and years. I don't know if it's Batshuayi. I'm not saying he's the answer, but somebody of that ilk. He's played well, though, isn't he? I mean, he, has, well. he has done well. And, and I think someone like that would be a great signing for him. Permanently. Defensively, they're quite good as well. Yeah. Their back four are decent. Sacco out there at the moment. Yeah, big no, that, I mean, that's, that is a big one. I mean, fullback wise, I think they're very good. Defensively, and attacking-wise, they're decent. Juan Pesaka is becoming maybe being the standout player for them this season and maybe in the Premier League as well, what he's done. Goalkeeper, goalkeeper's the issue. They do lack, for me, a decent goalkeeper. Yeah, Guaita's been playing, but Hennessy's been playing. Yeah. Spironi had a few games. 
it's a, it's a really close game to call this week. As, as a Watford fan, I'm I'm a bit nervous no. because of Crystal Palace's away record. They Watford have beaten Crystal Palace twice in the league this season, so you're just thinking law of averages suggest they're pro- they're not probably that much worse than Watford. Although the league table suggests different, I agree with Paul. I think actually in reality the two sides are a lot closer. Mm. Um, I can just see VAR is going to be in in play this weekend, obviously in the FA Cup, and I can see Zaha somehow benefiting from that. Will you be there, Dave? You go in the game? Will you, you be watching it? I won't be. You know where I'll be? You, you'll never guess. Go on. I'm going to be in Luxembourg this weekend. <laughs> is, there a big, is there a big game on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm on a stag do in Luxembourg. The I don't know why they've chosen Luxembourg, but that's what, that's where I'll be. I'll be watching the game from a bar somewhere in They Luxembourg. didn't anticipate Watford being in the quarterfinals, did they? <laughs> no, Bad we friends. We didn't. Bad friends. Uh, huge game, this one. Uh, Dave, good luck to you in this one. Listen, let's move on. Wolves against Man U. Uh, 7.55 UK time on Saturday, this one gets underway uh, and this I was watching the draw uh, with James Fielden who's a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan um, uh, you may have been there as well actually we're watching it on telly and we're going he's just going anyone but Man U I don't care who we get but anyone I get but Man U and all the names came out and they were the last two left in the draw and he was like right as long as as long as we get them home we got a chance and because they were at home he was like we're going to do it we're going to win the cup they've like, got a chance oh, haven't they they've got a great record I, against top 16 yes. yeah, no, but I, I disagree I think they'd have been maybe better because Wolves are a Good side away at top six sides. Very good sides. Mm. At Chelsea, at City, at Arsenal, yep. where they should have won. They're decent. At home, it hasn't always been that good for them. They mm. haven't really controlled games as they do away from home. Um, on the game last week against Chelsea, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League, they were winning to the 91st minute. <clears throat> Eden Hazard scored a special goal. I was so, so impressed on the day by Leander Dendonka in the centre midfield. Flirted with the Premier League for a couple of years. A few people didn't quite fancy him. He's come in and alongside that axis of Neves and Martinho, I think he's changed their season from when he's come in. And I just think they look like such a well, he, solid He solid had a really good now. game, didn't he? But I think more tackles, more interceptions than anyone else. Um, He's, he's been, like a lot of their signings, he's been excellent. Mm. They haven't had many duds. And I'm not any? too sure there's that many sides can say that. How many sides can say that in the Premier League with all their signings? I don't. I can't think of one that actually hasn't worked for them. No. Which you know, whether that's good agency work from Mendes or you know, good recruitment. Either way, I let's mean, not worry about stellar. how they came in. Yes. Let's not get into all that. Let's enjoy the fact they're here uh, from a neutral perspective. And I do enjoy watching because my favorite is one of my favorite players in the league is Doherty. Yeah. The incredible fullback or and he's right been there winger. For years. Yeah, or right winger or yeah. whatever he is. But yeah. he's absolutely incredible. People talk about oh you got to rest people when it's hard. You don't rest him because if you if you stop him, that's him. He'll he'll just go flat. Mm. He just needs to keep going and going. The amount of goal goal scoring positions he gets in is absolutely incredible. It's he's like, a fantasy football dream this year. Oh, Doherty. I wonder how they'll play though. I mean, will they uh, you know give up surrender possession as they did last week and go? You know, we're just going to sit behind a ball, play a back five, try and hit you on the break, nick one, and, and maybe get a result because not many sides can do that. And, and get a victory. It looked like last week they nearly done it. And how will they play at home? I saw them at home against Man City and they played exactly that way and were terrific. I wonder how they'll play here, whether they'll go for them or just sit back and, and try and hit them on the counter. But I look at United and United haven't got the, I would say, the ball retention ability of a Chelsea, 
haven't got the players or a Manchester City. Well, that's what I mean. So yeah. how, I wonder how the game will go. It's, it's not going to be like those two. You know, will they go for United a little bit more? Yeah, we'll have to see. We're going to move on to Man United. Uh, last weekend at the Emirates at the game, I thought they played very, very well. Apart from that opening 15-minute blitz from Arsenal where they scored that that weird goal that, that maybe De Gea should have saved. I don't want to get into that too much. Wind assist. It was windy. It was blustery. You've got to say that. But it was a lovely finish. Uh, Solskjaer called it a Brazilian effort. And I'm not going to disagree with that. I want to ask you about the, the centre-forward situation, Paul. Uh, last weekend, um, I thought Lukaku missed four amazing chances for Man United, hit the bar in the second half as well. He had another chance that he should have scored and, and a couple of others as well. For this game, does Rashford go back in the centre? Does Lukaku go back to the bench? Um, the problem he's got in the moment is because of Lingard. I think Lingard, I don't know if he's going to be right this weekend. I think Herrera's back. But I think if he could play a Martial, if he had a Martial, a Rashford and a Lingard fit, but Martial is fit for this yeah, one. He has to start, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Would I start without Lukaku? I would. I definitely would do to get United free flowing and play of energy. Because, because mm. you look at it, if Lukaku doesn't score a goal, then you're scratching your head wondering what he's given you, except a headache. Because when he missed two sitters, the one in the first half was a shocking miss. The one that he hit into the ground and it went up to the crossbar. At nil-nil as well at, at nil-nil. that point. Then he had one in the second half where a decent forward might have let it run across his body or his first touch would have been in front of him rather than behind him for him to get tackled. But his general play is very, very poor. And he 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 ling- everything with United lingers going forward because, it, because the moment he has a touch of it, it takes the tempo away. Well, I, if I was him and I'd scored six goals in, in, what, four games, I'd be gutted if I was left out. Mm. Um, I know he might have been poor against Arsenal, but, you know, he's terrific in the previous three, so... I it gives him something a, a, a little bit different, doesn't he? He's that physical presence. Maybe against Wolves' back three, I don't know, if they do sit in, maybe they'll need that. I, I don't mm. know if there's maybe not as much room to run in behind for Rashford if they sit deep, you know, would, would it suit Lukaku more? Big choice uh, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in this game. And what a cup game this is. What a tie. I'm telling you, this FA, uh, FA Cup quarterfinal run, there are some brilliant, brilliant games. We want to talk about uh, the other two when we come back, which, uh, OK, one of them looks like it could be easy, but you never know. It's the FA Cup, right? Uh, it's Swansea Man City up next. Stay with us. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. 
Right, two further FA Cup games I want to talk about now. Let's start with Swansea City. Uh, relegated last season, of course. What an achievement uh, to be at this stage of the FA Cup. Unfortunately for them... They drew Manchester City uh, at this stage. It is a 5.20 UK time kickoff on Saturday. Oh, I hate these confusing cup kickoff times. It's driving me mad, this. Just pick your slots, 12.30, 3 o'clock, 5.30, 8pm, and do it there. Because you never know, do you? I've missed the first 10 minutes of so many games this year. It's driving well, me well, mad. Well, you do know now. You've just said it. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm making sure the audience knows. I'm making sure you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, put this in your diary, all right? Anyway, uh, before we talk about Swansea and their season and all that sort of stuff uh, and their victory against Brentford 4-1 in the last round, we've got to bring this up. Uh, now, out there, you may not have seen this. If you haven't, I highly recommend you put into Google Bursant Cellina's missed penalty in the game on Wednesday between Swansea and West Brom. David is sumptuously good. It, it is amazing. Did he kick the ground or did it, it, it basically? If you haven't kind of seen it, he runs? the yeah. ball just sort of runs two yards to the side of him, and then they, the players come in and they clear clear the ball. But my my reaction, I have to say, forgive me for being slightly self indulgent here, uh, it it made me happy because at the weekend, no, for, on Sunday morning for the mighty Ribblesdale Rovers, we had a big <laughs> cup quarter final match. It was a brutal match. Our keeper scored in normal time to take it to extra time. It was a ding dong battle, three all after extra time, penalty shootout. I'm a centre-half and somehow I found myself taking the fifth penalty. All I had to do was put it in and we'd have been through. The keeper saved it. We oh. went on to lose in sudden death and I've been thinking about it ever since. But you to see target, that, if a, if a pro can do that, at least I hit the target. Eh? <laughs> yeah. You're better uh, than Bursant Cellini. That's good. I'm pleased that it gave you a little bit and of closure. And he's only taking that pen, I think, because Ollie McBurney wasn't playing, who right. normally is on pens. So that's always a worry when you, you've got someone stepping up who doesn't take them regularly and you try and do something clever. What was he trying to do? Just a little I think panenka? a little panic. Yeah, is that what he'd call it? Panenka. Yeah. 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 Oh no. Leave it to Messi. Yeah. Le- le- <laughs> or Aguero. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Uh, listen. Let's talk a little bit about Swansea City. David Connolly, you covered a lot of Championship this season, this season, of course. Fifteenth uh, in the table. No chance of going down. No chance of the playoffs. But uh, maybe not the worst place to be for Swansea. It could have been a lot worse earlier in this season. Yeah. I mean, um, I think Potter's doing a, he's doing an okay job. You wouldn't say he's he's sort of done any magic there you know their form has been a little bit up and down they've had some decent results but then followed up with some really poor ones um they had a decent win over Bolton but look I can't see him getting anything out of this game they're a young side they've got some talent in the like the likes of Danny James is terrific so Danny James is the guy for those that saw the Brentford game he's the guy that had that incredible turn of yes. pace and scored the second I think on yeah. the day yeah. Did someone try and get him? Leeds. Yeah, yeah, Leeds. Was it Leeds? Was it? For about yeah, 10 someone. mil. And he is a really good player. You've got McBurney, James, um, you've got Selena. They've got some really talented boys, you know, but um, th- this should be a comfortable victory for City. It is going to be a comfortable win, obviously, for Man City. Um, you know, you never know in the cup, but of course, with Man City, they are just a, a points guzzling machine right now. So how does Swansea approach it then, Paul? What's what's the game plan going into this game? Are they going to go into it seven at the back, like Bournemouth did, have no shots in the Premier League a couple of weeks ago? Or, or will they try and do something against Man City? What's, what's the mentality? Maybe they've gone and spoken to the um, Newport County manager. Yeah. Because, I mean, they've they done very well. I mean, maybe the pitch eight, the pitch was, a, as the saying goes, a little bit of a leveller, but should have been. But Man City rose above that. So how do you stop Man City? I think the end of the day, if you're Swansea, the way things are... You go out there and you just get on with it and you yeah. enjow it. Newport had a go, didn't they? They, they sort did of gave a, it their yeah. best shot. They had a, yeah. a chance early on where they could have gone ahead. They got back in the game and I think that's what you've got to do. Look, you, you're up against the best team in 
the land, best team in Europe, best team in the world potentially. Just give it your best shot and see what happens. I think it's going to be a meeting of similar minds because Swansea like to play a possession type game. I mean, the Swansea yeah. way was always Lordu, wasn't it? Whether it's Martinez and Rogers. So I think it's going to be a similar game, which I don't think will stand Swansea in good stead. I think they're, they're going to get comfortably beaten. Uh, let's talk Man City. Uh, if there is such a thing as a football god, he absolutely smiles on Man City this season. Uh, the financial authorities might not, but that's a whole other thing. Um, because, of course, in the Champions League, they got Schalke, who are struggling under Tedesco in the, in the Bundesliga, like 15th or 16th, had a terrible season. Uh, in the Cup, in the Carabao Cup, they got Chelsea on that awful run on on the in the final and, and beat them in the end. That was a, a better final than we thought it would be. And now they've got Swansea uh, in the FA Cup quarterfinals. I mean, everything is just at the right moment turning their way. And not only that, Paul, they're playing some incredible stuff right now. Another seven against Schalke in midweek. Yeah, they they certainly are. I mean, they're, they're... Prior to that, though, Schalke, they had two very tough games, didn't they? Premier League games where they've had to work hard for them. Obviously, one of them was against Watford as well. The previous one... Bournemouth and Bournemouth, West Ham before yeah, that wasn't easy. Yeah, with you know, difficult games they've had. And they're showing that kind of spirit that takes you by because when you get in a position of nearly winning something, everybody doesn't want to be that team that got beaten for you to go on. No one wants, wants to be talked about in that light. So they make it very difficult and they've got over that. So what you're saying is right. Everything seems to be going their way at the moment in time. They'll get through Swansea, without a doubt. The draw in the Champions League, is that going to be fabled for them as well? And you look at the league, well, that's an, that's an open one at the moment. Yeah. That's very, very open. But for City at the moment... That they're in, they're in the driving seat. I don't think that result against Schalke will, would actually. I know it sounds strange, but whether Pep would have wanted that because he, th- I think he thinks they're actually, you know, far, far better than Schalke, and that's you know they're going to face much tougher ties. He's already said, you know, we're teenagers in Champions League, meaning they don't really have that depth of experience there. Wealthy teenagers. Might be wealthy teenagers, but the kind I'm of not... teenagers that have a sweet sixteen party at like the Hilton Hotel and giraffes come in. <clears throat> That kind of thing. But I think you're, you're right, Ben, because I think if you look at this niche, that was silly. Gonna this, spread the, my the, wings, sweet 16. What a show. Check it out. It's going to get back. We're here for football, yeah? <laughs> yeah? The start of that game against Schalke, Schalke had a bit of a go, didn't they? And they was competing. But the moment they scored Man yeah. City, they capitulated. They showed that Schalke showed their um, Bundesliga's yeah. Bundes yeah. form because they just gave up. They've never seen the German side wilt so quickly yeah, yeah. they've got some serious problems uh, what about some players at Man City I want to ask you both about a few uh, David Conn let's start with one uh, Raheem Sterling uh, first goal last week we mentioned an absolute travesty of, of awful officiating but then his third goal a uh, tremendous solo effort some talk about him being in the running for a player of the year where do you stand yeah on? he's got to be I mean um, I can't see why not he's he's certainly up there he's been terrific his game has come on um, his reliability his accuracy he's more deadly in front of goal you know his ability to take chances now and be clinical and that that final pass that final shot that final control I think was always not always Always, sometimes missing with Raheem Sterling, and uh, and I think Pep probably got a little bit frustrated with him early doors, but he's obviously worked with him relentlessly, backed him, and he's now yeah he's got to be up there. For, I'd give it to Van Dijk, but but certainly Raheem Sterling should be up there and considered one of them. He's been he's been superb. I mean that finish against Schalke away, which was a really important goal for them. Yeah, that wasn't an easy one. It looked like it, but I don't know many other players would have actually won that race anyway, and then been able to finish. So he's he's got the lot. He's done terrific. Uh, Paul, for you, Bernardo Silva signed a new contract at Man City this week. How important has he become to, to what they do? Very, very much, because there's one point you, you was asking the question, why has Pep signed him? 
Because why are you signing him? You've got David Silva. You've got other players. You've got you got a young player called Foden. You know, you, you've got um, um, De Bruyne. Yeah. You've got all those players. And where are you going to play him? You've got Sane, who plays on one side. You know, what are you going to do? And all of a sudden, you suddenly think to yourself, he's a replacement for David Silva. You can actually see that maybe happening. Him coming in and taking that role. And he, for City, if, it, if you're talking about a City best 11 this season... He would definitely be in there, without a doubt. Because not only does he make goals, he scores goals. And just how unselfish is, is incredible. Uh, and David, for you, Gundogan been playing in that role in place of Fernandinho. But some talk this week that he doesn't want to talk about a contract extension because he doesn't know whether he's in the actual first team. I don't know. I mean, you'd have Fernandinho ahead of him, wouldn't you, in that role every day of the week? And when Fernandinho had that injury spell over Christmas time, he was one of the number of players who came in to try and replace him, and it it didn't really work. And they had that little wobble. But I mean, he's still a terrific player. But it, Paul said, you know, Bernardo Silva gets in the first eleven. I don't think Gundogan does when everyone's fit. Uh, lots of world-class talent at Man City. Good luck, Swansea, this weekend. I think we can all agree on that message. Uh, right, let's move on. Millwall against Brighton is the other game in the FA Cup. Uh, what a chance for both of these teams to make it a semi-final. It's 2 o'clock uh, UK time on Sunday. Uh, Millwall been struggling in the league in recent times, but picked up a huge, huge win for them on Wednesday uh, against Birmingham. A 2-0 victory. Ben Thompson scored twice. Lee Gregory uh, set the first one up. He's been playing quite well in recent weeks as well. Uh, David Conley wanted to come to you on this of course you've covered Millwall quite recently um, how on earth do they keep getting to the latter stages of cup competitions what is going on people will be asking that Everton can't do it West Ham can't do it you know loads of big teams in the Premier League can't do it but Millwall keep making last eight last four of major tournaments yeah I mean look they've had a difficult season because they had such a great season last season and, and suddenly a lot of the spotlight is on Neil Harris and his men and you know suddenly their players are coveted so Savile's gone for a lot of money and I don't think Millwall were ever really in that position where other teams wanted their players. They've got an ageing squad, we know that, Steve Morrison, so he hasn't really been able to play a 4-4-2 that he'd want to play. So it's taken him a little bit of time to find the right formula. And you spoke about Ben Thompson. I mean, the two goals he got last night were absolutely fantastic. And he had a great loan spell at Portsmouth. Look, they put Everton to the sword, played very direct, ugly type of game. And... Look, I think that will probably suit Brighton because they've got Duncan Duffy. I don't think that will really cause them too many problems. You know, but on their day, they can just, they, they could beat anyone. I don't <coughs> think Brent Brighton will relish it, certainly. And they've been able to mix it now. Now they don't have Morrison, they've had to play it a little bit on the deck. And they have shown me, well, they've got some good footballers. They're like to Jed Wallace, example. So this will be a difficult game for Brighton. What about the Den? Give me a, a sense of the Den factor in this one because big teams go there and they often come away with nothing. Can I talk about the old den? Of course you can. The proper den. Now that, I mean, the new one looks quite nice. Just look at it on the train. That's as close as I've got to it. Yeah, driving in there is not and, great. And it's, um, <laughs> you look at it, you think, you know, that's inc- impressive. Yeah. It's just when you get inside it, I imagine it's horrible. But the old den was, you're walking under the cold blow lane, um, the arches, and then you're, well, not walking, you're on a coach. And that's the bit when you suddenly realise you're coming into the, you are coming into the den. Mm. And it's a terrifying place to go as a player. Without a doubt, I went there with Fulham, I went there with QPR. And fortunately enough, I've always come out of it without being beaten. But it is very, very intimidating. They've got, they have got, they're very parochial in what they are. They all, everyone there supports that team. Mm. And it's something that's never going to change. They're born, and what it seems like they must have it kind of maybe tattooed somewhere on their bodies, is that no one likes us. Because mm. that's how they are. 
that you come. I mean, they relish these kind of games. I just mentioned Brighton coming there. Brighton and Chris Hutton will know that they should be winning. He believes they win, but there's always that nagging doubt. The fact of Millwall, the fans are going to drive those players on to succeed. I just really hope when we come back in here next week, we're talking about the games on various networks yep. the weekend. We're not having a discussion about something that happened in the crowd, something that happened outside. Of course, we all remember what happened uh, after the game and during the game uh, against Everton in the FA Cup. There's some great fans at Millwall. We want to see the good fans. We don't want to see the morons uh, involved in this one. Uh, on the field, Brighton, let's talk about their away form briefly. Uh, terrible all season. And they got a Crystal Palace and win last week. And there's a brilliant story, one of those great things in football. Murray's dropped... He ain't going to play, and Donny's injured in the warm-up, and he comes on and scores a fantastic volley against his former team. It was a brilliant finish, but he really shouldn't have ever been allowed to get in that position. It was a terrible mistake from Tomkins. I know it was very windy. Wind, yeah. It was very windy, but I mean, a Premier League centre-half, you'd still be expecting to head a ball away from a big, long goal kick like that. Um, but he's going to, you know, Brighton will be the, have the reverse uh, against Millwall. They'll have a lot of long balls to deal <laughs> with this weekend. As, as David said, I've seen them a few times. They, they do go very direct. At the den, they are very difficult when the crowd gets up. This is a this is a really tough game for Brighton. I think they will have maybe you know on the day they obviously be focused on the game, but they're involved in a Premier League relegation battle themselves. They've got a lot of other things to think about. It'll be interesting to see what team he puts out against against Millwall. But it'll, it'll be a tough one. I think that's a really interesting point. How many changes will Brighton make with the Premier League relegation battle very much still on? Uh, they played the first team last week. I wonder if we see people like Izquierdo, who's not been very uh, fit in recent times, whether he gets gets a He's start not the in this kind one. Of player you want to Dan play Burn maybe plays. Yeah, I mean, some of their players on the periphery need to step up and, and actually perform for them because their signings, you've got to say, haven't really worked out. Yahan backs, and we can go on. Mm. So those, I'm sure those players will get a chance. But you've got to remember, Brighton weren't not too long ago in the championship so this is not like an Everton an established Premier League club you know going to the den mm. they would have been there last season so the season before whatever so you know it won't phase them it's just whether the players on the day can perform I would say apart from Man City I wouldn't want to predict the other three FA Cup games this weekend they are all right in the balance for various reasons Wolves Man U going to be a great game of football uh, Brighton Millwall probably not but it's going to be very enjoyable nonetheless and, and Crystal Palace Watford it's basically the same side facing each other with the same deficiencies and same qualities a brilliant brilliant FA Cup quarterfinal weekend uh, which of course will bring you uh, this weekend uh, in detail right also Premier League games to get through some Premier League action this weekend gets quite rightly swept under the carpet uh, when the FA Cup is on but some potentially decisive and important games let's get to it Right, let's start with Everton-Chelsea, 4.30 UK time on Sunday. Uh, for Everton, they've won just one of their last eight Premier League home games, four defeats in that time. They've not beaten a side from the top six since the thrashing of Man City back in January 2017, Guardiola's first season. Uh, a lot has happened uh, since then. Everton have had about nine managers since then as well. Uh, for Chelsea, they've lost three of their last seven Premier League games, as many as they had in their first 22 this season, and of course probably could and should have lost against Wolverhampton Wanderers last week. I want to start with Everton though uh, and I want to start with Jordan Pickford uh, in the England squad uh, named by Gareth Southgate earlier this week 
But last weekend against Newcastle, I mean, he was mugging to the crowd. He he should have given a penalty away for a WWE style gore uh, on the uh, on the attacker in that game, and he only got he got yellow card. And he should have got a red to give the penalty away. Um, what about his form? What about the way he's playing? Is England's number one right now, David? Well, I tell you what, there aren't that many. What Heaton? He's not having a particularly good time either at the minute. But Butland. So I think they're struggling in goal. I'm really surprised Pickford is, is in the England squad. I think Gareth Southgate has shown a lot of loyalty there, like he has done to a lot of players. He's got possession players. of the shirt, though, isn't he? So he, he, has. Is the, he is the number one. And in, until he performs badly in an England shirt, you'd imagine he'll keep it. Yes, although if he keeps performing like he is for Everton, you imagine that he will have one of those performances mm. for England. What do you I mean, make of that, like, sticking his, his tongue out to the crowd and, and all stuff. that? Well... He got involved, didn't he? he got him being ex Sunderland. He got involved in it when he England goalkeeper shouldn't have got involved in it. They the Newcastle got got what they wanted out of him, and he cost he cost them the game in the end. He's him being so unprofessional cost them the goal. The penalty that he gave away was sloppy. I listened to a phone in, and there was um, Everton fans ringing up about him. How they they just don't see how he actually plays for England, let alone you know plays for their club, let alone plays for England. Oh, too much is made of how good he is with his feet. Yeah, to me, which yeah. he is good with his feet. Don't get me wrong. wrong, he can. He can pick people out, and that's great. But shot stopping and, and dealing with crosses and stuff, it's not just you know last week. You can say that a, a lot of times this mm. season. Uh, I want to ask you about Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well. He's someone that I've been really hoping is going to make the big breakthrough for a long, long time. Uh, scored uh, a great goal against Cardiff a couple of weeks ago. Scored the opening goal against Newcastle last week. Memory serves as well. Is there any chance, do you think... Paul, let's come to you on this. Is, is there a chance, do you think, with Dominic Calvert-Lewin that he could make a Harry Kane-style breakout? Does he have that sort of potential, do you think? I wish I'd known you were going to ask me this because I would have then maybe gone and looked through the years of all these young centre forwards who have come through the ranks at Everton and I would have said there's only one which is Rooney mm. every one every other one of them have all disappeared all the Cadamatory corridors yeah, all of them all of them um, who's the one who went to Arsenal I forgot Francis Arsenal. Jeffers, yeah, yeah, all of them yeah. they, all, they all fall out of bed they all disappear and he's another one where we've seen him three four seasons now he's been going and hasn't done it he nicks the odd goal the odd important goal everyone goes wow and then he disappears again Maybe he is he young, though, isn't he? I mean, he's probably getting his chance because every other number nine they've signed just As hasn't a, worked out. Yeah. And he's just a young player. Uh, I, I, I think he needs, you know, a bit of time and but patience. Harry Kane's still a young player. He's 25. That's yeah. young, isn't it, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. At some I, point, you've got to make that jump. I personally think that I look at him, I don't think he can go any further. Maybe if he leaves Everton and moves on because it's his hometown team, or he may need to move away to try to see if he can get away from it. But... I really look at the way Everton is at a club as well at this moment in time under the present manager, which is very unstable. Mm. His job's very unstable. I can't see him really pushing on. Well, and also, Richarlison was playing a nine and yep. he wasn't really working out. Now they've moved him back wide. Now Calvert-Lewin's down through the middle. So he's trying to plug a few holes there, Sylvie. He hasn't quite got the formula right yet. But look, he's scored a couple of goals, Calvert-Lewin, so I'm pleased for him. Surprised last week that um, Morgan Schneidley went back down to the bench and Andre Gomez came in. They look more solid. Now Garner and Schneidley back together. Let's talk Chelsea, though. Um, Maurizio Sarri once again proved last week what, what an utterly charmless man he is. Um, you think Wolves played well? No, I don't. Uh, and that's essentially the Essex version of how he responded to that question. I can't do the Italian impression, but uh, they struggled, didn't they, David? All game against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Couldn't break him down. It took the magic man, Eden Hazard, to bail him out. Yes, and I'm sure he would have rather have left him on the bench, but as it is, he come on and, and does what he does best. I mean, he's got that quality. 
However, now Zidane's taking over at Real Madrid. I've got a feeling that he'll be looking to come and take Hazard with him. I've got something just tells me he's not going to be at Stamford Bridge for too much longer. So I think those Chelsea fans should enjoy him while he's there. Yeah. Um, should we move on to Bournemouth against Newcastle? Uh, that's Saturday, three o'clock UK time for Newcastle. They've picked up just two points from their last eighteen away from home. Uh, two defeats and uh, sorry, two draws and four defeats in that time. Uh, but this is where I want to start with Bournemouth. Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson back in tandem last weekend against. Huddersfield combined for nine Premier League goals with Bournemouth this season. They're the best duo since 1998-1999 and Nelka and Burkamp, who combined for ten goals in that season. Um, and we spoke about it before on the show that the season shouldn't tail off when a player gets injured. But when Callum Wilson's out, Bournemouth struggle. When he's back, they look very, very good. They do. I mean, he's a top player. And I know Eddie Howe just said, you know, he's got the lot. You know, he's strong, he's quick, he's powerful, he runs in behind, he holds the ball up, he can finish from crosses, he can finish in open play, which to me tells me he's going to be on his way. <laughs> you know, someone's <laughs> going to come and buy he's him. He's in the England squad again, isn't he's he? He's in the England squad, whether it's Chelsea or whoever. Always injured though, David. not he? Yeah, Always. he is. He does, he does pick up those injuries. And he's, he's battled back so well, hasn't he? You've got to say, from those injuries. And he's a, he's a top player. Absolutely, top player. What about Newcastle, Paul Parker? I want to ask you about this, because I'm always baffled about this. I think it's something that, from the outside, we're always confused about, right? You've got teams... Don't shake your head, don't know the question yet. Uh, You've got teams who are brilliant at home, which they are. You know, a come-from-behind win against Everton last week. Great against Burnley a couple weeks ago when I saw them. But away from home, they do nothing. Like, they just try and hold on in games, which they nearly did to, to victory against Wolves a few weeks ago. What is the message from the coach? What is the reason for a team? I suppose it goes to Bournemouth as well, exactly the same problem, that a team can be great at home and bad away. Do they just focus on the home games? Do they tell players to play at 75% away from home? Where does this happen? My message is always when when I've been asked sometimes to do a game and Newcastle are coming, coming to London to do a game, my message is I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's my message, because I absolutely cannot stand to watch them, because they're the most negative team away from home I have ever, ever seen. They look like a side who do not want to score a goal, got no belief in scoring a goal. Well, they've got a manager who will moan at the fourth official mostly more than he moans at his missus. They are absolutely woeful to watch away from home. They're going to stay up, though, though, don't you think? Well, that means next season I've got to go and do the same thing again. It's just they drive me absolutely Rafa mad. Benitez says he's not going to be there next it, well, season. Come on, let's, I don't want to talk about well, that. Let's just say that even when he was at Liverpool, Liverpool were relied on individuals to do jobs, but Liverpool were quite negative under him when he played So too as well. negative, and that's the reason. I mean, yeah. it's as good a reason as, as any that I've heard so far. Uh, but I love it when Newcastle win. He does this thing. It's worth watching. When they win, uh, he takes his glasses off immediately, puts them in his top pocket, and then goes for the handshake. I love it. It's a real, like... I don't know, maybe because I'm a glasses wearer, but I love that little celebration. Victory, glasses off, go. Fantastic. Is that all, never when they lose or draw? When they lose, keep them on. Oh, right. Keep your eyes peeled for it. It's just something I've noticed. I love it. Uh, Right, got to move on. Burnley against Leicester City. Uh, Dyche against Brendan Rodgers. After an eight-game unbeaten run in the Premier League, Burnley have lost each of their last three. For Leicester, two wins in three, as many as they had in the final eight under Claude Puel. Now, Burnley have been dragged right back into this. Uh, They sit on 30 points, 17th in the table, two clear of Cardiff City. Um, David Collin, they had that little run, didn't they, where they were picking up points. 
But then all of a sudden, the um, hoof it and hope thing has stopped working again. It has, and you know, goalkeeping errors have cost them. And I'm sure he's looking at the fixtures, Sean Dice, and those final four are really tough. Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Everton. I mean, you're not going to get many points there and you don't want to be battling for points there knowing you need them to try and stay up. Mm. So he's got some big games coming up. But winnable games, you know, and this is certainly one of them against a lesser side. They were really good last week. This is going to be a bit of a styles clash, isn't it? Because you've got Leicester who... Under Rogers, that actually the Leicester fans were getting a bit frustrated with it last week, weren't they, Paul? But they they they're going to pass the mm. ball around the back. They're going to play up from the back. They're going to keep possession, but but they do look to to break Vardy in behind the defence. Tielemans was playing balls inside the fullback. It was all on the floor. It looked very good when it worked. And you're not going to you're going to get completely opposite from Burnley. But I think this is a difficult game for Burnley. I wonder at what point in history. Uh, now it's Puel, it's now Rogers, it's been Shakespeare, the second or the last year, Ranieri. Leicester fans don't like passing. They don't like it. They don't want to see it. They don't enjoy it. So stop bringing in managers who like passing it. Some fans just don't like it. You bring in someone to Millwall who likes to keep the ball on the deck, everyone's going to stay at home, aren't they? They are. I hey, think that's a really good, it's a good point because mm. certain styles of football suit. So look, we've seen that with Oli uh, yeah. at United. You know, Millwall, if you played one up top, they'd go mental. They want to see a 4-4-2 or whatever. We play our way. Yes. So I, I understand what you're saying about Leicester. Certainly the need to play direct, play to Vardy's strengths. Uh, what happens when his legs go? They're going to have to start thinking about that. But it, look, his pace, he doesn't seem any sign of slowing down um, and you know, good luck to them I think s- some of their signings have been decent Tielemans has been a real improvement hasn't he for them mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure in the summer Barnes look, has been good Barnes has been back. good Madison yeah. you know, Madison now, Madison the weekend he's, he kept getting pulled off all the time didn't he before he kept taking him off previous manager mm. and every time Madison every, the first thing he does the moment the ball gets in the midfield Madison's facing the goal his first look is always in behind in behind for Vardy Harvey Barnes was at the same everything Vardy and, and it was well, the way that... he doesn't get many chances either does he I was at Stamford Bridge they had one chance Leicester I think mm. it was Madison into Vardy that was his only shot of goal bang in the back of the net mm. and that shows the quality of him yeah. that he gets half a chance and it's a goal and I think as well Leicester if they've paid 9 million I think to get Rodgers and his staff 9 million compensation if you pay someone 9 million you're going to be giving him 90 million to go and spend so I imagine this summer they'll be very busy Tiamon 40 million they reckon is, is he worth that Man, that's well, a huge chunk of a 90 million pound transfer to be honest he was in the game a lot last weekend I quite I, what I saw of him I quite liked is he going to embed himself and make, get himself in bed? his start has been decent can he move on from there the start's been good you have to believe that he can get better so for 40 million compared to Anderson at um, West Ham, mm. I would put more trust in him for forty million. And just going back to Vardy, I got it down here. Only Kane, Aguero, and Lukaku have scored more goals than he has since I think two thousand fourteen. Love that's it. a pretty good record. I uh, hope he goes on forever. Thirty two now. I wish he was twenty five. I love Jamie Vardy. Uh, listen, one final game we got to get to. Uh, you mentioned West Ham, so let's touch on this game. Uh, West Ham against Huddersfield Town, Saturday three o'clock UK time. I thought last week uh, West Ham's performance against Cardiff, and I include the Wimbledon loss was the worst performance of the season the absolute worst performance what did, we say? What did we say last week we were sitting here last yeah, week and you were, throw be, this away. you were being assured that, that West Ham not, they're going to they're gonna be okay they're not going to lose this game and look what happened the baffling thing about it for me uh, and I'd love to get your, your take on this guys is that they've got Lanzini Anderson uh, Anatovic came on in this game uh, Samir Nasri Mikel Antonio Robert Snodgrass they're not creating chances in open play. That's five or six 
good quality, Premier League quality, creative talents, and yet they're not creating chances. Fairies away from home. Is that is that what you're sort of alluding to? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe. It could be. I mean, you know, Cardiff had lost, I think, the previous three, 10-1 on aggregate, and they're going to Cardiff, and you think, you know, and they get turned over that comfortably. 2-0 did not flatter no, Cardiff absolutely. at all. It could have so been 5-6. But what I would say is they're playing at home against a side who are just absolutely doomed in free fall, lost five out of six. They can't score a goal. I imagine all those players there will turn up at the London Stadium. But the worry for West Ham fans is that obviously they don't away from home. Yeah, uh, Marco Anatovic apparently is deeply frustrated with his current role on the bench. I was quite annoyed when he uh, totally ruined the season, so I'm not that sympathetic towards him. Does he come back in this weekend though, do you reckon? He might do, but I mean, I think the fans are with the manager at the moment in time. The manager's having to look at people who, who he believes are going to be there next season. He made his mind up that he wanted to go and win trophies in the mighty China. Didn't work out, so he's going to have to um, stay in, and get on with it. I like watching him. I think he makes a massive difference to West Ham. If he's not scoring, he's making opportunities through good balls or the, the fact of hunting down bad balls. But they they do need him in in, the, in at this moment in time. They need a, someone strong and determined. And he's the only player they've got in the club who can do that. Hernandez is just going around acting like he's been fouled on oh. pitches. I mean that was embarrassing. And you've got Andy Carroll. Oh, he's well, out for the season. Oh, uh, done his ankle, so he'll never play for West Ham again. So there is something to celebrate on the show today. <laughs> That's great news. Hey. <laughs> Um, he's been poor when he has played, and you'd never believe yeah, he was going to get another, yeah. another contract. No, he, was, uh, he was fantastic a couple of years ago, but it's all quite up with him is, now. Is, it, is he putting on Altovich basically on the naughty step? You know, because if he, mm. he signed a new deal, right? So he's on more money. Unless they're going to, you know, flog him in the summer, I don't really know what he's I doing. I think he'll be flogged. I, I'd be yeah. amazed if he was there starting. It'd be interesting season. to see where he, where he goes, where he gets flogged to, because... The start just before the start of last season, there were some reports linking him with clubs like Manchester United. Yeah, Mourinho wanted and That's it, not happening anymore, is it? No. Uh, wherever Mourinho goes, PSG, something like that, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> He'll probably end up playing at uh, Wren or something like that. That's more his level. Sorry, Marco. Uh, briefly on Huddersfield, um, for a moment, uh, they picked up their victory over Wolves, a uh, <laughs> double over Wolves, which is quite unbelievable. They're playing a diamond in midfield. They've got Stankovic at DM, but... Since that win, a couple of losses, and, and they were really ripped apart by Bournemouth last well, week. Well, I mean, they played very direct. Uh, put 25 balls in the box with a big front two. Like, just get it in there at every opportunity. Uh, you know, they're, they're trying, but obviously they're doomed. You know, yeah. there's there's nothing for them this season. Yep, absolutely. Poor old Huddersfield Town. A couple of weeks away now from the inevitable relegation for them. We are out of time on today's show. Thank you, Paul, David and David. Uh, we are going to be back on Monday with a review show of this weekend. A kind of holding show because, of course, it's the international break and I'll be on the beach, so I honestly won't care what's happening from next Monday. So we're going to do something for you then. Uh, and then we're back when the Premier League returns in a fortnight. So we'll see you then. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on talk sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.